Pop Punk and Pizza podcast is presented by Pop Punk Takeout, which is a monthly subscription service that delivers merchandise from pop punk artists from all over the world directly to your door in a takeout box. You can go to poppunktakeout.com and also follow them on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok at Pop Punk Takeout. I'm going out, I gotta go, I'll bang a ring on the radio, so turn it up. Pop Punk and Pizza with Jacques Lamour. All right, hello and welcome to Pop Punk and Pizza Podcast. I'm, of course, Jacques Lamour, your host. It is so great to have you here. This is our second uh, interview that's in person today, and I'm super, super stoked about it. And I'm hoping that things go a little smoother than they were last week. We had some crazy technical difficulties. So, fingers crossed, things go well for this one. I am super happy to welcome both Jimmy and Joe from uh, Chicago's very own Cap Gun Heroes. And <laughs> there goes the applause. So sorry. See, there's already there's already difficulties, but welcome, guys. Thank you for having us. We're really not used to applause anyway. It's usually yeah. like, is your set over? So. It's like, yeah, right, 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 exactly. You're playing, uh, you know, Reggie's or whatever. And like, are you done? We yeah. want to see, you know, Suicide Machines or whoever it is that you're, you know, opening for. Probably, I know you guys have played some bigger shows. I know it wasn't Suicide Machines, but it was uh, somebody. Uh, yeah, last time we played Reggie's, it was uh, us, uh, Dan Van and Cheats, Nerf Herder, and the Copyright. Okay, that's that's what I'm thinking of, I believe. How long ago was that? That wasn't. That was before. Was that before COVID? Yeah, or? it was before COVID. It was December of uh, 2019. Oh, wow! It, it followed right after uh, T1 Fest, which was another great show. Oh yeah, that's right. That uh, was in Joliet mm-hmm. at the Forge, right? Yeah, we did it at the Forge, and uh, yeah, it was great. We had a lot of. I mean, it was great lineup: Smoking Popes, '88. Oh yeah, Lillingtons, um, uh, Cali Massey. I mean, you name it. So many great bands, and. Uh, just that it, it feels good to be able to start getting back out there and doing things. We got uh, another show at Reggie's lined up for December, um, some shows in January, and then kind of trying to plan out the rest of the year now. Yeah. I mean, to promote the the new record, you know, yeah. last call for Adderall, which is why you guys are here. Um, I, I love the artwork. <laughs> and, and the name alone, it's like last call for Adderall. I feel like it really kind of, I feel like it encompasses where our current, society is that or the culture it's really not about last call for drinks anymore i feel like so many people are popping pills that it's just so fit and adderall being a big one you know and not obviously the one that's prescribed to you you know yeah (laughs) that was kind of our uh you know obviously we're big remotes fans and that was kind of our take on their whole you know carbon and i glue and we were just trying to think of a kind of a catchy name but we we did think about that of you know, it seems like people are using that to kind of get by in these stressful times. And, uh, you know, so we, we did, I mean, that we, we thought it was pretty, pretty good name and funny and um, not to make fun of anybody who, who needs that to get by, but um, because we do understand that, but it was kind of our little take on, uh, on you know, what the Ramones did back in the day. And uh, yeah, I mean, the artwork, uh, you know, our, our, our guy, Atch, who's done all of our art, he's 
phenomenal. He's done everybody. He just did the latest naked ray gun art as well. Oh, nice. Uh, he just does. And we always say, it's like, man, your art is just so much better than the band that you're doing it for. Every time he does that for us. So <laughs> we're not deserving. <laughs> not yet. It's like, yeah, uh, don't mind us. Our artwork is better than our actual music. But I don't think that's true. It, it definitely fits more with your, uh, you know, some might call it uh, old school punk or retro punk. Obviously, you know, you. I mean, that was what I loved when I first listened to Judy was, and I know we played that on the podcast before, so, you know, Pop Punk and Pizza listeners might be familiar uh, with that song. I can't remember which month I played that song, but it was sometime last year, I think, during the whole uh, start of the pandemic, you know. Um, but you can obviously tell you're heavily influenced by the Ramones, and there's really not a, there's not a lot of bands that have that kind of sound right now, so I, I, I feel like it's it almost makes it actually unique in a way and instead of thinking oh they're just you know they're just copying the sound but it's like i don't i don't i don't look at it that way or i don't listen to it that yeah, way we, we tried to put our own own spin on like the earlier years in the punk music mm -hmm. so i i think i think it seems like it's been really well received you know getting a lot of like nice little comments about it you know great album so very happy with you know the final product and yeah i mean i think the great thing for us is you know we really at our age and you know this kind of situation <laughs> in life i mean we're doing this more for us than than anyone else i mean we do because we we love punk music we grew up in chicago uh in the 90s and it was a great scene and there were so many great bands and and the chicago scene was kind of really diverse in that you'd have your Screeching Weasels, your Riverdales, and then you'd have great bands like the Broadways who then became the Lawrence Arms. And, but it was, not everything sounded the same, but it had, I, I always feel like it had that 90s Chicago-style punk. Um, and, you know, that kind of tied into, you know, I think every scene having their own sound, like the Fat, you know, Fat Rock had their sound, Epitaph had their sound, Lookout had their sound. Chicago was kind of a mix of all of it, which uh, we, we thought was really cool. And um, that's what we wanted to play. So we we weren't trying to to kind of play any kind of new modern. We were like, you know what? We love this '90s style punk rock, which is kind of mixed between pop and and a little bit more of uh, the uh, kind of skate edgier. And, and that's what we tried to put together for the record. It, I, if you think about it, it's like the original pop punk almost. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's. Uh, I mean, obviously there are. There's a few. I can't think of. There there is a really really fast song on the new record i can't think of the name lobotomy, lobotomy. Uh, so that song is more on the punk end but like i feel like um it it's more of the original pop punk even though a lot of people don't look at it that way or listen to it that way but when you go through all the different phases of punk rock or pop punk like that was one of that was one of them that was one of the the things of, of pop punk even though you might listen to it now and you're like oh that's punk rock it's like, well, yeah, it's a form of, of punk rock. Yeah, there's many different subgenres. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I mean, the way we always or melodic punk, maybe you would label label it as. Yeah, like I said, like, we based it always back in the day, like on the labels, right? Like the Lookout bands had that certain sound, right? Yes. You knew, and, and I, I kind of miss mail order. I mean, it's great now that we have, <laughs> um, you know, access to everything, you know, through the streaming site. So it's so easy to find so many great new bands, but. Um, Back then, I remember, you know, you'd get a catalog, you'd be looking at something, you'd, you know, you'd buy it, 
the CD would come and you'd say, oh, I wonder who this band is or who that band is. And you just discovered so many bands that you didn't know because you took a chance on buying a, a CD or, you know, an EP and um, you found so many great bands. But you also, you saw those different sounds coming out of, you know, Lookout had a lot of the bands from Chicago on there. So you felt like, oh, well, Sludgeworth and Weasel and the Riverdales are on there. Then I should give, you know, listen to bands like, you know, Winona Riders or, you know, just a number of other bands. I mean, obviously, it's work on the queer. The stuff plus then, too, when you order stuff, they sent you a comp with like 30 different bands that you might not have heard of. Some you heard of, some you didn't hear so, of. So you'd order like a screeching weasel record and uh, they would I think it was. I think it was if you like, well, if you order a couple, like you spend a certain amount of money and they'll send you a, you get a comp, at least I did. Uh-huh. And it opened me up to a few different bands that I've never heard of before. So I'm, uh, stores like that don't do it anymore. Well, I think they, well, you don't need it because I, mean, I stream need the, everything. But. True, but there might be some, some record, there's so many small record labels these days that there. I, I wouldn't be surprised if some of them do that. Send a comp in the mail if someone yeah, buys. Like a, a someone sampler. buys so many records, they might send them a sampler I mean, of some kind. It's a good idea. I mean, yeah. they used to do it, but well, well now you have playlists though. And I, well, and, yeah. yeah, that's what I said. You got the it, streaming, so you don't really. Well, but I think you have those. You know, there's the people out there. I mean, you have smaller record labels that are, you know, and I, I think it's really cool that a lot of bands are supporting that by saying, yeah, we'll, we'll give you a song. We'll do this. Um, and a lot of it is free. You can see a lot of them get released on Bandcamp. And uh, it definitely for, you know, smaller bands, um, you know, more unknown. It, when when some of those bigger bands jump on that and do that, it, it really helps, you know, these other bands. And I, I to me, I think that's great when they do that. Um, so, yeah, but yeah, you know, comps have gone the way of, you know, it's now it's playlist or you're still having comps that are done on like a band camper or even a Spotify. And that, that's really where you're discovering new music. But what I like is, uh, you know, the only, one of the only things I like about streaming, because I feel like I wish the bands could monetize their, their work more um, so they would keep doing it. Uh, but what I do like about that is, you know, like on, for Spotify, for example, with the fans also like areas where you can see, you know, you're listening to a band that you, you already know who they are, but now they're putting on these other bands and you just give them a listen and now you've just discovered a whole new band that you might have never heard of before. There's been so many that I've discovered that I've either had an interview on Pop Punk and Pizza or I've just played their music from having that, you know, literally discovering discovering them through Spotify. I might have Spotify on Shuffle and say, play artists like Goldfinger or something like that. Then all of a sudden there's this other artist song comes on. I've never heard of them. And I'm like, who the hell is this? You know, and I look at it. Awesome. Yeah. It was like, they sound badass. I'm going to check these guys out. And it's uh, so, yeah, there it's it's the good with the the bad. Right. But as we were talking about the, you know, the, the comps and getting those in the mail and things like that, I will say, um, Humans were here, uh, a small record label in Chicago. It's run by Tom Higginson of Plain White Tees. Mm-hmm. Uh, I recently did a a vinyl giveaway with them on the podcast. And so they sent me uh, a, a set of vinyl for myself and then a set that I could give away. They actually did have a, a CD comp um, in the package for the one I was giving away. And it was a sampler of all the, all the different artists they have on the label. So there is, there is some of that still happening, so, so to speak, yeah, you know, 
Yeah, they absolutely, they absolutely need it. I agree. One thing that gets brought up a lot, and and it's not just your new record, Last Call for Adderall, but if you go back through your whole catalog, and, and you just kind of mentioned this now, about growing up in the, the Chicago scene in the 90s, uh, you mentioned Fireside. And anytime someone mentions Fireside or lived the Fireside days, I have to listen. I, I want to. I always want to know more and more of their stories because I'm, you know, I'm younger than than those days. So it always fascinates me to hear about them. So I'm assuming you guys grew up going to shows there, or you witnessed shows there, or maybe you even played some shows there. I don't know. Um, but I, I would love to hear your take on Fireside Bowl in Chicago. I personally miss the Fireside. I don't, I don't know. Can't speak for you, but it was, you know, it was dirty, and you liked it. And I just don't, I don't, I can't really explain. Like, just everything about it was, ah, man, you just felt at home there watching the show. I, I mean, it's intimate, so like everything was in your face. You don't, I don't know. I can't, I can't really explain it. But for for me, I, I, I just loved it. It was one of the like best small little popular venues to play you wanted to play there and you love see like the queers lillingtons like a weasel you see all these guys right in your damn face i mean it was just awesome for me i, I loved it so uh dollar beers and, and dollar <laughs> beers yeah back and they're obviously once in a while there's still some bars that do that but um Joe, did you and ever end up playing a show there? And I'm obviously not in Capcom Heroes, but in, in another band. We did. We did. Uh, we call ourselves the Ghostbusters. Like, seriously? <laughs> that, was, that was our little hidden name. We're Ghostbusters. You know, we, me and Joe and uh, Matt were all in a band together back in the day. Okay. Um, so we've all played Fireside and, um, you know, we're always going to shows there and i think the thing about that is and maybe it's just our our age and our timing and the change of things um we were we were there i think probably kind of in that you know the i think really the height of it um and then you know obviously also at the the end of it where it really wasn't just the you know with a venue like that going away i think the biggest thing for it was you don't really have all ages venues anymore and the bands don't want to come in to play an all ages venue, and if they were, I shouldn't say they don't want to, but the venues who are booking them don't want all ages shows because, you know, they're they're looking at this. Hey, we need people here to be able to drink and spend money, and you know, and that's the age I think for a lot of the people listening to music. But at the same time, it was like the great thing about that was here was a club that was being run, and it was putting on shows pretty much every day of the week. Sure, the weekends and you know Thursday nights were reserved for kind of the bigger bands, but. If you called and you were persistent or you at least, you know, worked on sending in a good demo, those guys were there would give you an opportunity and they would put you on. And, you know, you might you might be playing at five o'clock and the good bands are playing at nine and they're not even in the building when, you know, you're playing. But it, it gave everybody a an opportunity. And, it, it, you know, they were they were booking everyone. It was always a show and it, it gave people a, a place to go. And I think so many people discovered so many great bands. And I mean, if you look at all the bands that were coming out at that time, I mean, you know, you have Apocalypse Hoboken, you have Oblivion. I mean, Chicago is kind of has just so many great bands. But I mean, you look at Lawrence Arms now. Well, I remember seeing the Broadways there. Yeah. Um, so it was just this. I mean, <laughs> Rise Against had their first 
their record release party at the fireside. I mean, it, so a place like that is very special for what it brought in because then all those bands would do that because that place was where they were able to, you know, create their their followings and build their music. And it, it really is kind of sad that it's gone. But at the same time, you know, we're very lucky if you're in this area to have so many great clubs to be able to see great music, regardless of you know, the genre. Um, Chicago really supports music in general and has so many venues. I mean, and for, you know, punk, it has a very thriving unique punk scene. So you can go to five or six different really good sized bars and, and be able to see a lot of really good bands. So we're kind of fortunate. I feel sorry for the people that live in maybe towns or cities where the bands don't go there as much because, you know, it's just not that big of a market. Here, we're, we're never short on seeing your favorite bands, you know, every six months, eight months. Yeah, I know one of those states that I've I've heard in the past from, I don't know if it was from artists or promoters or agents or something, but a lot of them try to skip Wisconsin. I mean, there's obviously Milwaukee and there's Summerfest and things like that, but I feel like a lot of times they skip it, or at least probably when it comes to punk rock. I imagine for country, it's completely different, you know, yeah. <laughs> not to be stereotypical, but well, there's a lot of great bands that come out that way from that way too. I mean, yeah. you know, you have, uh, I want to say direct hits from the Milwaukee area. Um, obviously. Yes, they are. Um, also, uh, Mask Intruder is from Wisconsin. Madison. Madison yes. Yeah, Madison. Um, obviously Boris the Sprinkler, which is one of the greatest bands. They were just here this past weekend. Okay. Um, they're from out that way. So they're kind of great. I think you have your, uh, I think Milwaukee has a pretty good scene. I know a lot of people go do shows there and uh, you have a cool venue and X-Ray Arcade out there where a lot of bands are doing shows. Um, but yeah, I, I think it's, you know, Madison, big college town. So probably going for whatever's super popular at the, yeah. at the moment. And and this was some years back. So and I'm sure things have, have changed since then a little bit, you know, but yeah, there's obviously Milwaukee and, Someone could say the same thing about Illinois. <laughs> like there's there's Chicago and there's nothing else. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, you know, it it kind of it kind of goes goes both yeah. ways with that. But what's a memorable show that you re, that you still think of to this day when you think of Fireside Bowl that you had witnessed or just different things that you had witnessed at Fireside? Uh, for me, it, it's easy. It was. Uh one of the first Lillington show when they were on tour for death by television. Yeah, I was just uh, thinking kind of the same thing, like catching them at their, their height when they just released that album. Uh, it was a, it was a great show. I mean, uh, Jug and weasel had started panic button at that time. Um, and they were actually, you know, Jughead was playing with them on that show on, on rhythm guitar. Uh, weasel got up there. It was the first time in a few years that I think he was actually performing in front of anybody. Um, and he did one of their songs. I, I want to say, uh, don't trust the humanoids. And then, uh, did a couple of Ramones songs. So it was this, and the place was just packed in the energy. And I mean, the Lillingtons for me are one of my favorite bands and just seeing them really break, you know, being able to remember being at that show, everything, the way it kind of went down and, uh, you kind of realize, man, I'm witnessing, you know, really what was the, this band that was out supporting probably what is in my eyes, one of the top five pop punk albums of all time. So let's go ahead and uh, take a break. Um, we'll go ahead and play. I've got 
I've got that girl queued up to play. I've got the video too. So I don't know if you guys want to give us uh, the, the video is really cool because it's actually at Siren Records, mm-hmm. which is in, is that McHenry? Yes. McHenry. And what's the, what's the significance behind the video at um, Siren Records? Was it just you guys grew up going there and getting records or? Yeah, you know, we're friendly with Bill and Jenny. Um, they're great people. They've been super supportive of us. Um, super supportive of T1 Fest, and um, I just can't say enough good things about them. They're just great people, and they have a really, really cool store. Um, I mean, they have a whole kind of like Lillington uh, shrine <laughs> shrine there. There were uh, shots of that in the video. That, yeah, that what we'll we said. Say, yeah, you know, let's let's show you know so people as they get halfway through, it's like a little bit. if they see you know a good band, maybe they won't shut the video off halfway through. But, <laughs> um, they uh, no, nah, they're just really good people. They have a really cool store and. Um, you know, we just wanted to support them as they've always supported us. And, uh, you know, it, it kind of actually came because when we were writing the song, we kind of just naturally gave them a shout out in the song um, as, you know, we we're because we're always looking to poke fun at ourselves. So it kind of fit. And then we were like, well, you know, what? let's we should do the video there. It can kind of be a cool concept to kind of follow along with the song. And uh, it worked out great. Awesome. Well, let's uh, give it a listen and, and give it a watch as well. by Capcom Heroes. We have uh, Joe and Jimmy right in front of us here on Pop Punk and Pizza Podcast. We're, I forget, I failed to mention the beginning of the episode. We're eating Mancino's Pizza, which is uh, 
I don't know. I know it's a chain, but I don't know if it's just a chain here in the Kankakee area that I that I live in. Um, but it's nearby, and the the pizza place that uh, I usually order from is closed down just for the day because they don't have enough work or workers just like a lot of the world right now i was i was thinking about this today on my way home from work i was like if i could clone myself and work all these jobs that are available right now i'd be rolling in the dough like there's you know and i mean multiplicity yeah yeah yeah, just just like that and not to get political or anything like that but it was just something i was thinking about it was like man it was like it would be it it, it's like a great opportunity for someone that wants to completely change jobs or careers right now because they could easily do it. They could walk into a place because they're so desperate. Yeah, well, they, certain places they're handing you a job application. What you're like if you order food, there's a job application stapled to your food. Yes, I've never gotten that. It must be you. I must look like, <laughs> I, must look like I need a job. It must look like you need work. <laughs> it's the it's the uh, it's the gray the, the gray. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, t- I'm telling you, I see a reflection. I look like Papa Munster. Yeah, they're like, this guy must be looking to supplement his retirement. Right. Application. <laughs> what do you guys do for for your day jobs, by the way? Um, so I, I'm in the uh, the payments industry. So payments. Yeah. So like, uh, so I work for a company that is a, a network that uh, basically um, authorizes and clears all kinds of electronic payment transactions. So everything from credit and debit card transactions to e-check to uh, online banking, you name it. Okay. And and so is it just, does your company like provide those services to? Yeah, they'll provide the services and they're, they're basically that authorization network that allows those terminals that you see when you make, when you swipe your, uh, your credit card. Yeah. It talks to that, our network and we authorize a capture and then settle the funds on behalf of the customer. Okay. So do you, are you also the person that'll look at something and be like, ah, eh, we're not going to approve this or how does, how does that, or is that all, I'm sure that's all automated. At so point. I'm the one who kind of helps bring the new accounts on board. So more okay. of the business development. Oh, gotcha. Joe actually is the guy that will say, I'll tell you yes or no. Oh, okay. Which is why he's got all the gray hair. And... <laughs> that explains I'm, I'm it. I'm the guy who's not life. <laughs> yeah. Cause if I you'll... say no, I'm the bad guy, Uh huh. but it's too bad. So, in in what cases do you have to say no? Uh, and you don't have to be obviously specific to, to uh, you, guard you people's know, privacy. Obviously. Yeah, no. But, you see, like people just commit fraud in the past, and you know, you know, they're going to try and commit fraud again, stuff like that. Or, well, not everybody's committing fraud. I, I didn't say everybody. <laughs> he said a certain situation. I'm given a certain situation. I, Shut up and let me talk for a second. Jesus Christ. Oh man. See, See you ask me. You ask me a question. I try to answer you. You said give you a like a yeah. Give me a one little. Yeah, like, give me a yeah. Give me an example. And all of a sudden, everybody. No, yeah. you just you just you know. Kind of, everybody's a fraudster. Yes, yes. Everybody's a fraudster. <laughs> this is this is the fight from nine to yeah. five. Is where yeah. I'm like, why can't my accounts get approved? Yeah, it, it's even better that you know you guys can't get away from each other because you're also in a band together. Uh, so we, it's like. <laughs> What are we, 43 years old? We've been friends since we were like five years old. We grew up wow. on the same block. So yeah. there's, a, there's a lot of history. Yeah. Did you start writing songs together for the first time then? Or did you end up doing when that? When we were five? Oh, well, no. Like, <laughs> when, yes, when you were five. I mean, yes, you could have written. I remember my very first song. 
<laughs> but no, eventually, did you both discover punk rock together? And... Uh, we, I think you did first because I was weird, man. I liked that Bone Thugs and Harmony, and she yeah, caught me. You know, I was like three hundred pounds. <laughs> I would just tie my fucking bandana on backwards and listen to Tupac. Did you have a, a <laughs> did you have a little uh boombox? Boom yeah, no, I never got that far. Didn't go that that's far. A, but, that's a shame. You know, looking back, I saw Jimmy Jimmy saved you. Yeah, from, oh sure. Yeah, I did. He was, <laughs> if there was pictures, he'd be driving on a block playing Mo Murder by yeah. Windows down, bouncing my head. That's right. I'm like, what's this fucking fat kid doing? <laughs> I used to drive a purple Cavalier with yellow. I don't know why that, why underneath the paint it was yellow. So I don't know if it was pre-painted. It must have been a, pr- a primer of some kind. Uh, no idea. Maybe? But I looked so stupid driving a purple car with yellow spots. <laughs> oh, man, so that, that had to have been a yeah a special coating or primer uh, I don't know of some what it kind. Was, of I was thing. so stupid to get that car. Well, they don't make it. Hey, you were you were the first one to have your own car. I did. I actually could say at seventeen, I bought my own car with my own money. Dude, that's that's saying something. No, eighteen, seventeen. Well, it's right after it, it's, the summer I graduated. I don't remember when I graduated. I mean, it could have been, you could have graduated when you were 17 or 18. Yeah, you know, I was 18 when I graduated, but I was like older in my class, you know? So I was actually almost 19. I was about to turn 19 when I graduated. So it just depends, like, you know, where your birthday lands and if your parents held you back a yeah. year or anything like that, you know? Uh, I think my parents threw me in school because I didn't like <laughs> Were you the was it because, was it because of the Tupac and the I don't know at age five once you again thought of me you like know. a little asshole I don't know <laughs> that's changed but I, I still remember like the your car reminds me of, like that thing with Ferris Bueller he's like he's like my car's a piece of shit oh yeah it's like well I don't have my own piece of shit so I got envy here yeah yes yes that's then. right that was a famous line we <laughs> got we we did try to recreate the liftoff remember that. There was, there was a street that if you hit good fast enough, yeah, you get a little air. Uh huh. Well, you shouldn't do it with a piece of shit car. <laughs> as you hit, the bottom falls out. Oh no! So, yeah, oh man, that wasn't uh, that wasn't fun. We're that getting was, uh, that wasn't my car. We're getting some comments here. Brody Larson says hello. Do you know who Brody Larson is? Says hello, Scott. But there is no Scott <laughs> well, Scott's here. Scott's not here. That, um, the, is that one of your members? It's the drummer's son. Yeah, so where do you go to sleep? <laughs> I think he's being a smart ass. Like, why is my dad not there? Your dad's only the drummer. Says, <laughs> say hi, Brody, if you see this. Oh, okay, hi, yeah. Hi, Brody. <laughs> hey, Brody. If he's still watching. Um, let's see. Says, Joe, Bone Thugs. And you give me a hard time on my Slayer? That's from, <laughs> coming from Scotty Lars. Is Scotty the drummer? He is the drummer. Oh, okay. Yeah, they're both... Uh, some secrets out. I don't, I don't okay. speak about that type of my life. He also said earlier, uh, Scotty did, he said uh, Lobotomy, best song on the record when we were talking about the That's because he gets song. to use his double kick drum like a maniac. That's all it is. That's all it is. God, I love this. I, I love it when... I don't have the whole band on the podcast and they're watching the live. The, the the, yeah, the, yeah. The other members are watching the live stream and they're just, yeah. Talking, talking smack or, or, or like defending themselves. Yeah. If uh, one of the band members that's actually on the podcast says something, yeah. you know, just so you know, there's no use for a double kick drum in pop punk music. Scott. <laughs> just remember that. 
<laughs> you heard it here first. <laughs> it, it, we're a, a credible uh, leading source in uh, the pop punk world. So, you know, although there's so many people I know that would disagree because then they're like, well, what about Easy Core? You know, with like four years strong. I mean, oh, you know, four years strong, they're, they're definitely, you have to be using double kick for stuff like that, I would imagine. So what, what other, I mean, what other bands are you guys inspired by? You know, we we obviously touched on the Ramones and a lot of the Chicago bands, but what are some bands that, like, you're just discovering now for the first time recently that you've been listening to? You know, there there, there are a ton of great bands uh, that are out now. I, I think that for me, um, it's not a recent discovery, but you know, they definitely uh, released a few albums over the last couple of years, um, and I think they're probably one of the best bands out right now, and uh, Jay is definitely one of the best songwriters. I mean, I put him up there with a Vapid or uh, a Cody uh, is Jagger Holland. Yeah. I mean, they're that band is just so good. That's um, one I'm not familiar with. Oh, you you got to check, check, check them out. Yeah. Uh, I'd say uh, the Yum Yums. Yum Yums, D-Cracks. The Yum Yums, I have, I've heard the name, I feel like, but I don't know anything more than that. Oh, on the yum yums you gotta check them out see i i listen to a lot of music based off of vocals i don't really care about the instrumental part of it well you're the you're the lead vocalist yeah, of, and i don't know how Captain to play anything, heroes so, so that yeah. may i mean that makes the most sense and i mean the average just the average music listener i feel like that's they relate to the lyrics right on i i'm not, i could be wrong i know some people are all about instrumentals and how you know a, a guitar uh, you know, hit certain notes or whatever, but there are a lot of people that yeah, no, connect to the lyrics. I definitely, like, I don't know, I mean, I care about the lyrics, uh-huh. but I, I love when they come up with a good melody. I love the good backups. I love, you know, powerful woes in the background. So, like, bands like that, just, I gravitate more there. So, I think uh, another band, too, and I don't know if you've checked out yet, is, uh, and I'm not giving them a shout out because they're on the same label as us or, or buds with us, but is uh, Rizonoid. Yeah. If you if you like uh, that Wellington's kind of misfit sound, I mean their last record they, was they combine just, that very well. Just so awesome. I mean they're definitely one to check out. I mean and then obviously there's um, you know for me it's like uh, bands that inspire me that really don't kind of I don't think get showcased in uh, so much in all of the uh, the Capcom stuff. But I'm a, a huge Jawbreaker fan. Um, love face to face. I think they're one of the best bands you'll ever see live. I agree. Um, yeah, they put on a good show. So those are those are two very important bands. Yeah, I, think, I have a gonna, weird top. And I've, I've got my Capcom. I've got my Capcom Heroes uh, hoodie on. That I think Jimmy sent. The, <laughs> I think Jimmy sent me this last year. So I, this is one of my favorite uh, zip ups. It would so. be mine, but I grew out of it. <laughs> <laughs> that COVID weight, man. Oh, man, that COVID weight. It gets you. It really gets you, man. Got me. <laughs> yeah, it's it's gotten me a little bit too, to be honest. So um you're you're not alone in that. And obviously having pop punk and pizza doesn't help either. Uh, it doesn't. <laughs> it's, it, especially now that the interviews are starting to be in person, it's like, oh man, am I ready yeah. to start eating pizza again all the time? Well, I'm, like, I've been ready. <laughs> I just like how he's trying to blame the pandemic for being fat before the pandemic. <laughs> I, I was putting some work in. COVID's getting a bad enough rap for everything that's Okay, so Scotty says, uh, hey, you try playing lobotomy with a single kick pedal, <laughs> and then we'll talk. <laughs> I'll 
I got to try and learn how to play the drum. Yeah, first. yeah. and then we'll, you know, we'll I, go from I tried there. to play a guitar. I bought one. Uh -huh. I bought this little box amp. I was going to give this a try. Was it electric? Yeah. Right? Okay. I, I think maybe two, three weeks in, I broke it over my knee and threw it in the gallery. Why? I'm so impatient. I thought I could pick it up and just start playing. That's not the case. And I, I have no patience. Well, what was it that what what was it in particular that pissed you off so much? Just fucking fat fingers that don't move the way the f you want them to. <laughs> you like, said everything everything was the same. Like I would just slide my fingers back and forth, and I didn't realize you know you got to change shit up and play different. Mm -hmm. I couldn't do it, and I gave myself three weeks to learn, and it's never. You mentioned you mentioned you have a son though. Maybe he would have want wanted to. I, well, my son's only. Uh, Seven. Okay. So I know you wouldn't think that because he looks like such a crabby old man right now. <laughs> I am not crabby. Well, hey, the best spirits I've been in in years. You know, if like people like Richard Gere can have babies in their late seventies, right? Then I mean, by all means. I also have forty-three, and I just had a. Oh, I didn't. She's only three, so I have forty. But yeah, still. Yeah, so so my, like, that's like nothing compared to. Richard Gere and, and Mick Jagger and, yeah. and Billy gonna Joel. A, I'm going to have a complex, though, when I'm bringing my daughter to school. I'm like, oh, your grandfather. Don't <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, because you're definitely no Richard Gere. Is he 70? He's uh, he's in his 70s. Wow. Yeah. I, the, the Billy Joel, Mick Jagger, and Richard Gere, I know those three. And I know there's more, but those three for sure have all uh, had kids in their 70s. I want whatever Mick Jagger's on <laughs> because the fucker had heart surgery. And then they show him in a studio doing his like stage show. I'm out of breath just watching yeah, the first yeah, thirty seconds. Right? Yeah, I mean, you yeah. don't you don't do any dancing around or anything. You you can learn from Mick Jagger on that. But, <laughs> I mean, he, he is an old ugly bastard for sure. Oh, dude. I mean, he hasn't looked good since he was thirty. I don't, I don't know if he even looked good at that time. But uh, I'm kind of like feeling really bad about myself now because Richard Gere is a handsome dude. <laughs> he is a handsome. He is a handsome <laughs> dude. He's probably got. He's probably had a, you know, with a 29 year old smoke show. <laughs> I know. There, I know, and I don't think they had any kids together. But I know Dick Van Dyke is another person whose significant other, or I'm, I believe it's his wife, is much younger than him. You know, Dick Van Dyke is in like his early 90s, I think, and his wife is. Somewhere between forties and 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 sixties, like she's a lot younger. Than I only back. robbed him a little bit. My, my wife's only six and a half, for close to seven years younger than that's, me. That's nothing compared to some of these <laughs> I mean, other but, guys. With Dick Van Dyke, you know, the name like that, you, you got to be, you know, being able to, you, know, you, you got to be able to do a well in your nineties. I mean, that just with that, you're lucky enough to have that name. Right. That's absolutely true. I love how I, I brought up Dick Van Dyke <laughs> on on Pop Punk and Pizza because you know he's so punk rock as as you know. I mean, shim shim shimini shim or shim 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 chimney. He, he's he's downloading Captain Harrelson Spotify right now. <laughs> he, he probably is. <laughs> I and I bet like he's he seems like a pretty well aware older man. So I bet he actually knows what Spotify is. I'm sure. You know, so uh, I'm 43 and I got borderline <laughs> dementia. I can't remember a shit. <laughs> I'm not even joking. We we go to practice and play a show. I'm studying like I'm studying for a test. I got to reread the lyrics because I forget stuff. Speaking of shows, I want to make sure we we I know you kind of mentioned uh, Jimmy's shows earlier, but 
Um, when's the the closest one coming up that people in the Chicago area can can go to? Especially since obviously we want to encourage everyone to to check out the new record, Last Call for Adderall, which is out on Hey Pizza Records, which. It's perfect. You're on yeah. Pop Pumpkin Pizza. So next time. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Next show we have in uh, Chicago is going to be uh, December 11th uh, at Reggie's. Uh, we're playing with uh, It's Us, OK Cool, and the Queers. So uh, that'll be a kick ass show. We're, we're looking forward to it. Yeah, absolutely. And um, is it, it, it's just Capcom Heroes on social, right? Uh, yeah. Uh, at Capcom Heroes on. Uh, uh, and, and Facebook, and then yeah. I know you're on. I know you're on Instagram and Twitter as well. I don't know how active you are on Twitter, but I do know you do have a Twitter yeah, I, account. I, that I, I mean, we're we try to stay active. I mean, I think Twitter's like 11 people, so <laughs> we have we have to start doing better. I mean, we're yeah. we're over like Facebook is the it was good for us that mm-hmm. all the kids are on the uh, on Twitter, but uh, between that that and Instagram, I think we're and again we we try to post that. We we have uh, a shout out to Bridget who. Uh, handles all of our social media because oh, we went wow. to do well. Nice. <laughs> nice. It's nice to nice to have that that support system. Oh, yeah. You know. So um are are you gonna have physical copies of Last Call for Adderall? Yeah, yeah they're up for sale now. They are um, okay. get them on Hate Record. Uh, definitely get them soon because they are almost sold out on the first press. Um so we do have uh there's uh three different colors um on the vinyl. Uh, there's a little bit of a party pack too, where you can get all those colors, and then it's also available on CD. And uh, I don't know if we'll end up doing the cassettes because that's a new thing now. I don't know if you saw those. I don't know who who even has that to listen to. I mean, I feel like people probably have to hit up garage sales and things like that, you know, <laughs> find the the old cassette players because most cars don't even have yeah. them anymore. They don't even have CD players in the cars anymore. Well, yeah, exactly. So since cars are getting older, people are buying new cars and they don't have CD players, and they don't, you know. Yeah, I think they're just cool to put up on a shelf or. You know, it's it's the nostalgia factor of it. Absolutely, yeah. I and they don't they don't have. I mean, it, vinyl is nostalgic, but it's a little different with a cassette because people love listening to vinyl, yeah. but they don't necessarily be like, "Oh man, I love cassette. Yeah. It sounds so good. Oh my gosh, cassette! I just love it Especially so much." Especially when it gets caught yeah. in the player, <laughs> and you got yeah. a pencil, and you got to yeah, you got to wind that man. Oh yeah, um, yeah. There's definitely nothing sound quality wise good about cassette not too much i mean i'm not saying it's awful but it's still cool that people are, are putting music back out on cassette you know yeah i mean so. it definitely looks cool and it's um, you know obviously very different I, I, no one's done it since the the late 80s early 90s so. yeah it's been it's definitely been cool. the, the, well yeah i, I I don't. I don't know when that trend started to to trickle I think back. The CD in. started really coming out in the late eighties, and then by early nineties, that was where everything was coming out. On some, you know, the punk scene did vinyl. Yeah. Oh yeah. It yeah. was always seven inches, and you could still get some LPs. I mean, seven inches were obviously big, but now everything is back on vinyl, and that's you know the new thing now. But I think the the cassette resurgence was in like the last ten years to where that started to kind of become a yeah. thing again. Yeah, I mean, I, I didn't really notice until like the last year where it got real popular where everybody was kind of doing it. I remember um, I knew someone, and this was in the 2000s, was releasing music on 8-tracks. <laughs> so I uh, I thought that was uh, 
pretty unique and and very uh, unheard of. And you know, the, yeah, it was like the the beginning to mid two thousands. I think put stuff yeah, well, out on a track. Well, there actually there's some people are doing it now, and they're releasing. Uh, they're having bands. You know, they're 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 putting out albums on a track, and I just don't. Again, you'd have to really try to go to like a, a pawn shop or <laughs> like a that's even really more nice like stereo place or record store. Like again. You could probably find it at Siren Records, who has a great selection of all that stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, got to plug the Siren gotta, Records gotta, in there again. Yeah. Plug it in again. There you go. Yeah. I want that check. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, they they actually do have a great selection of of audio equipment in the back. Um, that you know, pretty rare stuff as well. But I, I don't even think they have that. So yeah, um, I, yeah, I don't know who's it's more who's like a collector. Yeah, I think it's you know just something very collectible that you like to kind of have. And, yeah. I need to I need to make a trip up to Siren Records sometime because I've heard James Van Osdell talk about them. I think that's actually first oh, yeah. where I heard of them was through James, and then I think from there is probably just other local people that talked about it. But uh, you know, McHenry's a good jaunt from here. So yeah, <laughs> I know I'm only down the road, so it's yeah, it's definitely a, a hike, but it's well worth it. I yeah, mean, and McHenry's a really cool town and. I mean, I would say while you're out there, and not that I want to keep pushing, you know, like advertising for people. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Stopping Stop Deli's out there. I mean, oh, that's right. right. So they've it, got a couple locations, though, right? I don't know. Or is, is it, it just the one, the one in McHenry? Closer. I think it's the one in McHenry. Oh, that's it, huh? I thought they it's had the multiple one ones. It's the only one I know of. Oh, yeah, okay. I know of, and, and their food is awesome. Yeah. yeah. Really and, you, and you can't finish it. I mean, that's you, also not, what not I've one, heard. Not one sitting, you'll be. Yeah. yeah. So at least if you're going to make the trip, you can go to Siren, get some great records, and then go to Epic Deli. And Epic Deli, get some, okay. get some good food, and then probably fall asleep on the way back. <laughs> yeah, right. I'll have to have someone else drive me someone home. Drive <laughs> awesome. Well, uh, Joey and Jim, it's so great to have you on uh, we Pop Punk and Pizza. Um, anything else before we close out? Well, I think that's uh, it. We appreciate you having us. Awesome. Yeah. Well, thank you guys. I appreciate you coming down and. Hope you uh, enjoyed. Uh, wh- where where does uh, the Mancinos on the Richter scale? Uh, Richter scale. I don't, I don't think that really. Uh, you want to do a thumb movie. Like a middle, of, yeah, almost yeah, a slightly yeah. up. I'd say a little slightly, slight, up, slightly up on See, the Mancinos. We're, we're, we're spoiled in Chicago. Oh like, yeah, you, you, you got yeah. some ridiculous. Yeah, I'm kind of a pizza snob. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, when when you the the more populated of an area you live in, the more options you have. Yeah, there, there's just so, so much. Yeah, so much. there absolutely is. So, all right, you guys uh, have a great rest of the night and looking forward to uh, ke- hopefully catching a show sometime. Maybe that December one. So, yeah, that'll be good. All right. Well, thank you so much again to, uh, oops. <laughs> thank you so much again to uh, Joe. Or Joe. Do you go by Joey or Joe? Joe. Joe. Okay, that's what I thought. <laughs> Joseph. Joe, Joseph. Uh, Joe and uh, Jimmy from Capgun Heroes. Uh, please hit them up on all the socials at Capgun Heroes. Give them a follow and then listen to that brand new record. Also, our wonderful title sponsor, Pop Punk Takeout. They uh, are currently... Um, their October box is uh, up for grabs. If you haven't, uh, you know, signed up for a sub- subscription yet, make sure you do so. There's actually some Chicago artists. There's there's at least one Chicago artist that I know of that's a part of the October box, and that's Rematch. So uh, you can either get the bigger version, which is the uh, pizza takeout box, or 
the Chinese food takeout box and they stuff it with all kinds of exclusive merchandise from pop punk artists from all over the world. And they deliver it right to your door once a month. So go to poppunktakeout.com and then you can follow them on social media, Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok at Pop Punk Takeout. And while you're at it, make sure you follow Pop Punk and Pizza at Pop Punk Pizza Pod. That's Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And our website, poppunkpizzapod.com. You can get this uh, fancy new shirt we have celebrating five years as a podcast. We call it the uh, Chinese, uh, or it's actually a, yeah, Chinese pizza lucky cat is uh, <laughs> what we call it. And um, so it's this uh, cool looking kind of like Garfield cat. And uh, he's chowing down on some pizza because, you know, we've had a lucky five years. So uh, if you go uh, to our merch store at poppunkpizzapod.com and uh, use the promo code poppunk at checkout, you get $2 off your order on that or honestly any of the merchandise at our store. So uh, please do that if you get a chance and uh, give us a positive rating and review on Apple Podcasts. It truly does go a long way and kind of gives the, the podcast a little more visibility. So. And don't forget, you can always catch the show live if you wish as well. Every Wednesday, 7 p.m. Central Time on our Facebook, Twitch, and YouTube accounts. If not, you can listen to the episode on all podcast all podcast platforms uh, the next day, every single Thursday. So have a great rest of the night, great rest of the day. Thank you, everyone, uh, for watching and listening. Truly appreciate all of your love and support. And uh, talk with you next week. Hello, it's nice to meet ya. Hey, come in and have a slice of pizza.